Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. And I've got an exciting interview coming up here. I had the pleasure uh, last week of interviewing Anthony Moses, uh, who's at a Baton Rouge. And he's kind of an interesting fellow, uh, besides being a tile setter and a good one at that. Uh, he's also a fireman, a stand-up comedian. So uh, you might want to go ahead and take a listen to, to this interview. It's really, really good. Uh, a lot of great information on it, especially for you guys just starting out. And he's got some great marketing tips. And at least you get to see how he how he marks it, markets. But before we get to the interview, let me mention a couple of different things. It looks like the Vegas seminar in January, my stone and tile inspection seminar, is a go. Uh, I plan on being there Um Unless the world blows up between now and then, I plan on being there. I got my first sign up the other day so to uh, want to fill up that class. So go ahead and uh, send me an email at fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com to get you signed up for it. Uh, if you have more than one person from your group coming, uh, we can give you a discount for that as well. So go ahead and contact me. Okay. Also want to mention, I am giving out my free stain guide, Secrets to Stains, uh, to removing stains on tile, stone, and other porous surfaces such as concrete, etc. So just simply drop me an email, and I'll send you that, that, that free guide. A lot of work went into that guide, and uh, instead of trying to sell it, I figured I'd just go ahead and give it away and kind of help you guys, help you guys out. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, go to my interview. This is a pre-recorded video, so you can't call in, but after the video is over, it's about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, come back on the air live. So here we go uh, with Anthony Moses' interview. All righty, folks, I am on the air with Anthony Moses. And, uh, Anthony, you have an interesting background. And, uh, you know, I, I, I admitted to you just before the show here that I listened to your interview on, on Tile Money with, with Luke Miller. And uh, I didn't realize you were a, you're a, a firefighter and a paramedic. So with I, I guess in business you're you're used to putting out fires in, in both <laughs> in both businesses. But let's let's start out with and I think it's interesting that 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 you have that occupation. How in the world did you get started in a tile business? Uh, actually, from being a firefighter. Uh, so let's say I've been at the fire department going on nine years now, um, and when I started the fire department. Uh, I was looking for part-time work because contrary to proper belief, a rookie firefighter doesn't make a lot of money. So no. I needed more income. Uh, so it was hard trying to find somebody that worked with the fire department schedule. Um, so a fellow firefighter of mine was working with a retired paramedic. He had a foreign company. I gave it a shot. So that was the only part-time job that I got find that work on my schedule. 
So that's how I got started in the flooring industry. So you actually you actually worked for for that guy for a while, part time. Yeah. So you're basically learning, learning, learning the ropes, so to speak, like like we all like we've all started, I guess. So yeah. so how do you? I mean, what's really story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what, what's really interesting is that you know you're a full time firefighter. Uh, you you run your own business called uh, Simply Intricate Designs, and then in addition to yeah. that, you have the Four Master Podcast. And I guess the question I have is, how the heck do you fit that all into into a day? You know, honestly, um, the fire department gives uh, a lot of time to work on, you know, certain stuff. Like yesterday, I recorded a podcast while I was at the fire station. Um, we work 24-hour shifts, so I'm at the fire station for a whole day. Um, if it's not busy, I can work on the business, and I can manage, you know, Things that don't require me being on the job site, so it gives me a little break from uh, being in the field and kind of some downtime. I mean, sometimes we have we have busy days at the fire station, but uh, it's not always the easiest. I'm definitely tired a lot of times. Like I could probably go to sleep right now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll try to keep you awake. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just one of those. I don't know. It's just one of those things where. I do a lot, and I think it's just it's just my nature because I'm pushing towards the goals for what I'm I'm, I'm trying to do with uh, the business, with my personal life, and everything. And it's just like I don't know how to not have downtime. Like I made a post on, on Facebook yesterday right. about uh, being a business owner. Like you can never like, mentally turn it off. It's just like I I'm working with even when I'm not working. So. Yeah, I know the feeling. I even, if, if you're like me, even dream about work. Almost um, every night, I have a dream about something to do with uh, with the tile business. So I, I definitely, I definitely feel your pain or or, or joy. Funny that you say you that because last <laughs> night, last night I had a dream that somebody stole the wrap off of my truck, like oh, the no. vinyl wrap that I have on my truck, and they stuck it to the side of my trailer. Like, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if if, if you, I I think I saw on one of your posts on Facebook, you have a big old Doberman, don't you? I have two Dobermans. Okay, yeah. Not to get off on that subject because I could talk about that all day, but I'm a Doberman fan. I've had I've had two my entire life, and uh, they're such a miss. Uh, not not what's the word I'm looking for? Misrepresented dog. I mean, they're they're, they're oh, probably yeah. the biggest the biggest lap dog I've ever had in my entire life was my Dobies. But anyway, yeah, let's let's keep let's keep a, let's keep it to the point <laughs> right. because I could I could talk right. about that all, all all day long. So you know oh, yeah. uh, the question the question I have is you know you know working for the fire department. Well, actually, I got one other. Qu- these questions are popping into my head, so excuse me if I jump all mm-hmm. over the place. I tend to tend okay, to do I that. So. Like <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever been in the middle of a podcast and you get a fire call and had to end the, end yes. the podcast? Well, to have a <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a fire call like an actual fire, but we did get uh, a first aid call and. I've never, I haven't yet to this day been able to uh, finish that podcast episode. I, just, I was doing an episode about uh, 
about um, maintaining shower glasses. You know, a lot of people always ask questions about how to clean shower glasses, what you're supposed to put on them. So I set up a, a episode with a, a local glass company, and I got cut off in the middle of it, and I never <laughs> finished it. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's that's funny. So when when you started in the tile business, obviously you were working for someone part time. At what what point in time did you and, and what motivated you to say, hey, you know what, I'm done working for somebody. Let me go ahead and open up my own business. Walk me through that. Um, I'm trying to think of how long I was there. I think I I think I might have worked for uh, for this company, and I don't mind sharing the name because I just like to promote people. Like, uh, sure. Um. Company is Samsung Floor Design here in Baton Rouge. So I think I worked for uh, for Samsung Floor Design for uh, maybe five years. I want to say it may have been less than that, maybe been more than that. But um, I always wanted to own my own business. I wasn't sure what I wanted it to be, but I just wanted. I knew I wanted to be a business owner. I don't know why, because it's probably it's probably. Uh, the, the misconceptions everybody has, like, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to work when I <laughs> right. want to. Uh, I'm going to be able to take vacations and all those are lies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> so I think that was, like, the motivation for me wanting to be a business owner. But that was that was the reason why so I, I feel like once I learned enough, uh, I, I think I had just got to the point of, Starting to set tile on walls, like I wasn't at the point to where I could build a shower myself, but I was at the point to where I I kind of felt comfortable uh, sticking tile to walls, and I was like, I could do this for myself. So yep. I actually talked to my boss and let him know, like, hey, look, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to start taking side jobs, and um you know, I just wanted to see if it was going to be an issue, if he was going to have a problem with it, because I would have, I would have not done it. Hey, he said, "No, you can't do that and work for me." I'd have been like, "All right, well, I'm probably not going to do the side jobs, and I'll figure out how to manage this." That's admirable. Yep, I like that. But he said, "You know, go for it," and then eventually, uh, he just started taking me off the schedule, and I was like, "Yeah, you're on your own now." So. <laughs> You know, it's it's That's funny. I remember into doing it full time. Or, no, I was going to say it's funny you should say that because I can remember back in my contracting days, I would have employees that would, you know, they were good mechanics. I mean, they were really, really good mechanics, and they really knew what they were doing. But one thing they discovered once they went into business is that they really didn't know how to run a business. You know, they they weren't aware of insurances. They weren't aware of the overhead involved. They weren't aware of all the bookkeeping, accounting, and all that stuff. They were good at, at doing the work, but not necessarily good at running the business. How did you find that transition from actually doing the work to actually running a business? Did you find that difficult? Did you find that easy? Was it a learning curve? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the part that I'm still learning. Like, um Unless unless you go get a degree in entrepreneurship, I don't think there's any other way for you to learn that kind of stuff. Like nobody's teaching you these things, unless you have like a, a family member that's a business owner that's just taking you by the hand and walking you through these kind of things. But um, even to this day, there are moments where it's just like the business side is just frustrating. Yep. But it doesn't bother me uh, too much because I know, like I said. 
I'm I have goals to meet, and we're just like, well, this is just part of it. Like I have to do it. Uh, as far as accounting, um, handling taxes, and all these kind of things, and uh, how to file taxes and all this kind of stuff, it's just like, I who who can I go to to get these questions without paying an arm and a leg? Because everybody, once you start a business, everybody wants to charge you for everything, like everything. Yep. Hey, you yep. need the market? Cool. It's going to cost you this much money. But. Much. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it, it's funny. You, you said something about, you know, getting a degree in entrepreneurship. And I, I've known people that have had degrees. And what's really funny about people that have those those type of degrees is they've they've never had the practical experience that someone like like, like me or you would, would, would have and learn over, over the years. And there's really no training out there for it. The, the best way to, to overcome some of these issues is to talk to other business owners, you know, and that's, that, that's why, you know, Luke created his show, why I created my show, uh, you know, why some of the other podcasts that are, there's some great business podcasts out there for, for what we call the small entrepreneur, because there, there are different categories of entrepreneur. You know, there's a guy that has a million dollars that wants to start a McDonald's franchise. That's one thing because they're going to tell you exactly how to do it. And then there's guys starting right. out in a shoestring, you know, which I know I have, and I've assumed you, you probably have done the same thing. So, you know, it's going to be a learning curve. I, you know, I don't know if you know how old I am, but I, I'm getting up there in age and I've been in this industry over 40, over 40 years now. And I can tell you from my experience, I'm still learning. <laughs> it's a constant, it's a constant learning curve, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So with, with that said enough about me, what are your future plans with, with the business? Do you plan on getting out of the firehouse and doing the business full time? Are you planning on developing the business and turning it over to your kids? You know, what's your plan there? Or do you have a plan? All right. I do have a plan. And I love my story. But every time somebody asks me this question, I always think, I don't know how you're going to take this. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of not. But I have a plan. So the plan is to, um, uh, build simply intricate designs to the point to where uh, I don't. I'm not sure if I want to like have an exit strategy as far as like selling off of it, like selling it to right. somebody and just recoup, you know, uh, all these billions of dollars. We're just gonna say billions, like yeah, really billions <laughs> of dollars that is worth. Um, or if I want to hold on to it and just let it be another stream of income. But I want to build it to the point to where it can then fund my dream of being a comedian. I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, ah. I, I I like to do stand-up. I haven't been on stage in like three years, only because I've been really focusing on building the business to where it can fund the comedy side, but that's the goal. I want Simply Interview Designs to blow up and not have enough money to do comedy and not get paid from it and be comfortable with not getting paid for a while until oh, God. start you, generating some you, money. You, you know, it's, you, it's funny. You and I have very similar, uh, very similar uh, desires and dreams. Uh, that's always been my dream to be a stand-up Come comedy, on. but, but my, my relatives tell me that I, that I should do sit down comedy cause I'm not that funny, but. <laughs> I mean, well, with COVID-19, that's, that's what comedy is now. You can't go stand up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, and actually, one of one of my mentors, 
in that field has been George Carlin. But uh, well, that's again another subject we could get off on on another show. But anyway, um, in your website, I checked out your website. And it's it's done really nice. Um, you mention well. Well, first of all, before we get into into what I'm that that question I'm going to ask you, which is attention mm-hmm. to detail. What do you specialize in anything in the tile industry? I think you had told me one time you specialize in in bathrooms. Is that correct, or am I confusing you with somebody else? No, I did say that, and I guess that was the closest thing I could say I specialize in. I don't. I wouldn't consider it like specializing in bathrooms. I know that's a, like the bulk of our work. We spend a lot of time in bathrooms, a lot of calls for right. showers and things. If I had to say in my own words, I think I specialize in designing because I see like really boring stuff and I haven't been able to really put that into play yet, but I'm working on it to where Mm. uh, I want to be uh, the first thing that comes in people's mind in Baton Rouge when the word custom shower comes to mind. Like I want custom shower and simple intricate designs to be synonymous because people always say custom shower and then it's this, the same twelve by twenty four and band and right. and I hate boring. That. Like I hate that. Boring. Like, yep. It's not a custom shower. It's a walk-in shower, but it's not a custom shower. You're right. I think design is what I specialize in. Being able to put things together, uh, coordinate uh, patterns and colors, and mixing the contrast to make things like really pop. I think that's what I specialize in. Nobody else has confirmed this. That's only my opinion. <laughs> You know, and it's nice to have that talent as well because, I mean, I know hundreds of tile guys, and most of them, I mean, I don't mean anything out there, tile guys, when I say this, but you guys don't have a lick of sense when it comes to design. <laughs> you know, they're usually going by somebody else's design, and, you know, I've seen some ace tile installers go in and, and do stupid things. And when I mean stupid things, I'm not saying stupid as far as the installation goes, but you know, a customer will choose a certain tile or a certain color that just totally clashes with everything else they yeah. have, or it's just not going to look right. So, you know, I, I commend you for that. It takes a, a, a really good eye uh, to know, to know what works and uh, that, 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 that's wonderful. So it, it, with that said, so how, I mean, you know, you're, you're working the fire fire department so many days a week and, what do you do for marketing? How do people find out about you? Um, I do a lot of uh, social media content marketing. Um, I've used the the comic in me to uh, be comfortable, you know, in front of the camera. I, I try to sure. make my videos some kind of uh, level of humorous to where people can laugh, but it's also true. Um I just try to I try to stay on top of social media as much as possible. Um, I think I have like twenty five hundred likes or something on Facebook, which is not a lot. But um, anytime somebody friends me on Facebook, I instantly go ask them to like my business page. So I'm um, try to stay on top. Anytime, anytime I finish a project, I, I quickly send them a request to leave a Google review. Um, Good idea. Just trying to stay on top of things like that. Like I, I don't spend any money in advertising only because I haven't found the right method to to advertise and I'm really right. conscious like I don't have a lot I don't I don't have a lot of money to be wasting. So it's just like I don't 
I hate dumping money into advertisement and like yeah, really I, not I understanding the, the return on investment or if it's working, if it's not working. And that part is one of those learning curves that I I do not know that well. Like, like, nobody taught me advertising, so yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'm definitely learning as I go. Yeah, I agree with you. Many years ago, I wrote a book called More Customers, and one of the things I warned small businesses in general, not just the tile guys out there, is that uh, advertising is tricky. And now I'm not an advertising expert by any means, but I can I can tell you I've wasted and threw away a lot of money on advertising. And with the social media, I mean, right now, my my business purely now is inspections and consulting, and 100% of my my marketing is done via via uh, social media and the internet and that cost me virtually zero dollars so uh, i right. think that's the way most people should market so I, I think you're going down the right path if i have any advice for you be careful with spending money on radio well heck yellow pages don't even exist anymore but that was a major mistake that that i i did years and years ago but you know you and i, I mean, have I've, I've looked into uh i've looked into like billboards i'm it's like my 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 pockets are just itching to have a billboard. But every time I see that cost, it's like I, it's, I haven't seen anything that's like under two thousand dollars. And it's that's not crazy. like a flat fee. It's like no. you pay. You see, starting at two thousand dollars. This is a recurring cost. And it's yep. I don't. I'm not. Sure. I, I know there are metrics to measure it, but I don't have. I don't have that much time. Like I don't have much spare time to be trying to chase. And see how effective this is. So that's why I wrap my truck. I I might as well just wrap my truck instead of paying for a billboard. If the truck doesn't work, then the billboard is clearly not going to work because the truck moves (laughs) way more than the billboard does. And by the way, that's a sharp looking truck. If anyone hasn't seen your truck, they need to go on your Facebook page and check it out. I was like, wow, that's that's a wrap. Is it a paint job or a wrap? It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's, it's, It's really cool looking. I imagine that gets a lot of attention. So do your customers, you know, one of the mistakes I, I make, and I actually I still make this mistake uh, a lot, is I forget to ask my customers when I'm done with a job, how did you hear about me? <laughs> do, do you find most of your customers hear about you either via seeing your truck, seeing, you know, uh, referral or whatever? It is mostly uh, Facebook and referral. Like, I don't know the truck looks amazing. Nobody has called me <laughs> from my Not truck. Really? Like, <laughs> like nobody has called me. I see people. I I see it catching people's attention, but nobody has like reached out based on the truck. But a uh, majority of people uh, call or uh, contact me from Facebook or word of mouth. So I kind of do mine a little different. Like when I initially talk to them, like when I'm doing my prospecting and screen calls. I'll just ask them, like, hey, don't mind me asking, how'd you hear about us? And they'll either say, oh, such and such told me, or I saw your picture on Facebook. I only got one call from a person on Google. And she was like, um, I saw you on Google, and I just took a chance. And I was like, thank you. So so how are you doing with this COVID thing? Are you guys busy or? Has it slowed down at all? We have been busier since wow. since this whole thing started. And I, I know that that's been the case for a lot of people in the trade. Like, seems like everybody's like, yeah, I've been nonstop since COVID. And 
That's a feedback I've been getting. A, a contractor friend of mine that was saying that uh, he's been the same way, and I was like, well, this just lets you know that these people had the money the whole time. All this time they were saying, no, I can't afford it. And now everybody's calling. Well, you know what they're doing? They're sitting around the house. They can't go to work, and they're looking at their they're looking at their bathrooms, and the wife is probably bugging the husband, vice versa, going, you know, honey, we should probably get that bathroom done or that new kitchen or, or whatever. So that's my theory right. anyway for, for what it's worth. <laughs> I know my, I know my wife, since right. I've been sitting here, is having me do all kinds of stuff around the house that I've been putting off for years. <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, you know, you know the old story about the uh, – have you ever heard the story about the shoemaker's kids? You know, the shoemaker's kids go without shoes. Well, yeah. that that was that was my situation. I've been meaning to do my bathroom floor and my master bathroom for the past three years. I finally got around to doing it this month <laughs> after three years. I was you know, so it's like it's 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 funny. You know, it would it would be kind of neat to to knock on tile setters' doors and say, "Let me see your house. Let me see what you have in your house." And I bet you we wouldn't be surprised that we yeah. have the same situation, same situation that we're in. So I, I really like the fact that, and, and I actually started the same way. Uh, I, I started part-time. I had another job. I started part-time, and I kind of eased into it. Uh, it you know, of course, it helped that my father was a tile setter, so I, I kind of grew up in the business. But um, and, and it's interesting because I think in a lot of situations, that's the way to go. You know, because what it does is, is it, 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 it makes you, first of all, what we talked about already for, you know, it gives you the business experience you need. And it kind of tells you whether, you, whether you're going to enjoy this on a, if you want to take it to a, to a full-time business or not. And have you found that to be true? Um, I think so. Uh, and I think, like you said, it gives you the opportunity to, to, to really find out if, uh, if being a business owner is for you or which route you need to go. Some people, um, they, they go, they might go into thinking, you know, that they want to work for themselves and find out that they don't want to stress and they would much rather just be an amazing employee for somebody and let them handle all of the, the, the things that come along with being the owner. But, um, it's shown me uh, just, you know, just how 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 things can get, and I just imagine I could definitely be wrong when I'm saying this, but I imagine that the, the beginning is going to be a little rougher. Yep. And things that should get easier as as I go, although there's always going to be some kind of hurdles, but sure. I mean, there's always gonna be fire there's always gonna be fires to put out. <laughs> yeah. I mean and and uh I've I still struggle through the beginning because uh I was like totally against loans. I know a lot of business owners, you know, they come up with a business plan, they take it to a lender, get approved for whatever amount and then they start their business like that. And I didn't do that at all. Didn't have a business plan. Um, I wasn't getting a loan because I I was scared that I wouldn't be able to pay it back. So Smart. I had to do everything with no capital. And I'm still doing everything with no capital. I finally got to a point where I'm starting like turnover properties. But uh, just ha- being able to maneuver through 
starting a business without having the capital has, I don't know, I guess it's, it's the test of, okay, well, I can make it. So I think, and, I think and yeah. uh, coming into it with a loan is kind of a false sense of, of security because you didn't really, you didn't really, you didn't work for it. Although you might have compiled a business plan, you didn't really work to get to where right. you are. And it could be like, you could come into uh, uh, your your market or your industry and have everybody look like you've been here for forever. And you behind closed doors shaking your dudes like, I don't know what I'm doing. But the perception is, uh, this is a, a booming company. So I think yep. uh, starting out the way I started out allowed allow me to not have to go through that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and the, the MBAs out there would tell you that that is totally wrong. You need to have that structured business plan. And, you know, I, I've been in business all my life. I've, I've started businesses, I've sold businesses, and I've never had a well, – what I mean by not a business plan, I've never had a formal business plan in writing. And I, I know right. there's going to be guys out there going to say, Fred, you're crazy. You know, you got to have a plan. Well, I have a plan in my head, as you do. So, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong, which brings me to something that uh, I heard, I think you said on on, uh, on Luke's show, and it's a book that I absolutely love. And actually, I think there's a couple of books by this guy, by Michael Gerber, called The E-Myth. And, uh, yeah. and, and that book is just, you know, for guys, and it kind of gives the same example I gave before with, you know, someone that's working for somebody, they think they can do it, and they go into business and they find out, well, it, it was nice that I could make pies and make a good cherry pie, but man, running the business part of it is not is not good. And I, that's kind of what the E Myth book is all about. So, have you found that book or any other book inspiring to you? It's inspiring, and I was telling a friend about this yesterday. Um, that's one of those parts to where, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, it was it can be frustrating because. I know when I was reading the ebook and when I started working on uh, once I got to the point where uh uh Michael Gerber was talking about uh you know structuring your company to be uh franchisable and like right. making the structure, I was mentally frustrated because like I have more to do and it's 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 stuff like that that uh although it's like opening your mind to get to the next level it always makes me feel like I'm back at square one of I don't know anything. Like I thought I was doing good and then somebody give you some, some insight to make you realize that you haven't even started. Like, you're still like very much in the beginning stage and it's like, oh my goodness, like, I thought I was doing <laughs> good. And that's exactly how I felt when I was reading that book. I think I have like a few more steps to uh to do on the whole strategy part, but uh, it's things like that that some people not they not gonna make it through because no. they never they never considered that part. Like they thought that I just do good do good work, charge good prices, and I'm successful. And it's like oh, it's a lot more that goes into it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that. I had a neighbor many years ago, and I, I give you this example where he was a painter. He painted houses for a living and he was working for somebody and him and his wife decided that, you know, they were going to start their own painting business. So it was just him and his wife and they lived next door to me and I would see his, you know, his van pull up and, you know, whatever his name of his painting company was. And 
And, and he was happy. I mean, he was working, you know, uh, during the week. He had the weekends off. He had all the toys. He had the boats. He had the motorcycles. He had the, you know, the jet skis. And he, he was he was doing really good. Well, he was doing that for a number of years. He was happy. He wasn't making a lot of money, but he was he was able to afford his toys and his house and everything. And one day I see that his truck is gone and only his car is in a driveway. And then I noticed that all his toys, his boat, his jet skis were covered and weren't being used. And I saw him out there one day. His name was Floyd. I said, Floyd, you know, how's it going? Uh, you know, what happened to the business? He goes, let me tell you, Fred. He said, I was doing so good. I landed this humongous contract with this home builder. And I went from painting whatever it was, one or two houses in a week to 200 houses in a week. Had 20-some employees. Had all kinds of trucks. Just a, a building and everything. And he says, I, I had headaches. I made less money. And I just one day said, screw it, and sold it all and went back to just me and my wife painting houses. So what you're talking about, in my opinion, is not necessarily the route everyone is going to go. And, and, and quite honestly, with the franchise business part of it, there's some businesses that are not franchisable. And I happen to believe that the tile industry is one of those that's not franchisable. And, and, and the reason I say that, and I don't mean to get off of my high horse here, but <laughs> is that, you know, Nick. You, you you buy a McDonald's, okay? This is how you make a burger. You know, you have bun A, you have meat B, you fry it this many times on each side. You can't tell someone how to set this tile in a shower the same way each and every time. It all differs. You have different substrates. You have different conditions. You have, you know, different configurations. So it becomes very difficult to franchise that. So I don't know if I buy that part of the book so much. Uh, but anyway, that's... You made me get off on my high horse there, and I apologize for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good because now we now we now we can have some uh, some uh, some some back and forth. Because I honestly think this is just probably the I don't even I I don't even think I'm an optimistic person, but I, this is the optimism in me. I think that it is possible. Now, granted that you cannot uh, set every uh, job. Uh, the same way. But once you teach each employee, like once they have been trained on the different substrates, then everything else can be hey, this similar. Is, this is how we 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 pull directional trawling, uh we clean grout joints, we we clean up behind ourselves. I think after uh all areas have been covered, um then it could be franchisable. Uh, is, is it a good idea? I don't know. I think it is because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, but and, and that's yeah. my. I think that's my. Yeah, sense. And, and that uh, in that sense, in that sense, it is. Uh, the, the only difference is, is the learning curve is is a lot longer than flipping a burger. And I don't mean anything about you oh, burger yeah. flippers out there, but you know, it's it's yeah. a definite. Bigger. I mean, you, you had to learn. You had to work for somebody to learn. I had to learn, and you know, we all had to learn. All right, so. You know, if there are guys out there listening that are thinking about going into not just a tile business, and I guess this question can apply to any business, what what have you learned that you can share with our audience as far as going into business for yourself? I would say before before you register this business, like really take time to start making connections or uh, getting in touch with organizations that might help um, figure out if there's some kind of ways you can get 
funding as far as grants and all that kind of stuff to where when you do start the business, you have a little bit of cushion to play with versus being forced to go work for every penny that you're about to spend and not even recoup it. When I say that, I don't know if that's the case for everybody else, but I know for me, those three years that first three years, I mean, this is the third year. Yeah, this is the third year I've been to business. I have, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's because I'm a firefighter and a, a self-employed business owner, but I put a lot of money into my business and I have not seen it. Like it has not come back to me. I thought I was going to get like this huge tax uh, refund. Did not happen. <laughs> I thought that this money was just coming back to me. I don't. I don't know if this is just like my misunderstanding. My first tax person told me wrong or what, but you are going to spend a lot of your money. Yep. And if you're not sold into your business, that can make you one day say, "I'm not doing this no more." Like if you're not dedicated to that business. You could pour money into it to the point to where you're like, this is pointless. I have not seen a return on investment. I'm going to work for somebody and get some money. And that's that's not uh, that's not an unusual story. I think I see that with a lot of a lot of uh, uh, people that start that start businesses. And uh, it's you know it, it's it's the fact you have to really enjoy what you're doing. You know, for me, I love working for myself. Uh, I, I like I like answering to 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 myself rather than to somebody else because I always see one way of doing it and not the other. So, uh, all right, before we before we wrap things up here, Anthony, uh, let, let's let's give a, a quick uh, uh, your your website your website address to Simply Intricate Designs. Can you give that out? Yes. Uh, www.simplyintricatedesigns.com. Uh, that's S I M P L Y I N T R I C A T E D E S I G N S dot com. Great, wonderful. And of course we, we can't leave without mentioning your, your Floor Masters podcast. How can people hear that? Um Floor Masters Podcast can be found should be on all platforms, uh, all uh podcast platforms. Um I think we're on episode thirty two or thirty one. Uh great. Pretty much just trying to give people knowledge. Same thing you're doing, trying to give people knowledge on the industry yep. and uh, things that they can look out for, things that they should be concerned about, products and everything that goes into flooring, possibly more, because it's starting to transition to like a business thing. Now. Great. Wonderful. So that's Floor Masters. Just simply search the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or one of the hundreds of others that are out there that should be there called Floor Masters yeah. uh, Podcast. Well, Anthony, I'd like to thank you for your time. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on again, and we'll talk about maybe get into some of the details about designers or some other topic like that. So thank you, sir, and we'll talk oh, to you later. Absolutely. Uh, talk to you later. Alrighty, folks. There was that interview with Anthony Moses. Great guy. Uh, you know, make sure you check out his podcast, Floor Masters. Just go to your 
you know, your Apple podcasts or any of the other formats that are out there and uh, just type in four masters. It should take you to his podcast. All right. I got a couple of quick announcements I want to make, but before I do, uh, let's take a quick break for station identification. Thank you. Tough skin. One of our gold sponsors, marble etches and stains, tough skin guarantees it will not. Tufskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with their proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tufskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All righty, folks, we're back. I just wanted to uh, repeat some of the announcements I made at the top of the show in case you didn't catch it. Uh, the Vegas uh, seminar, the Stone and Tile Inspection and Troubleshooting class, looks like it's probably going to be a go for January. So I would suggest if you want to attend that, to go ahead and give me a uh, drop me an email, fhouston at gmail.com. That's F-H-U-E-S. T-O-N at gmail.com. I limit that class to eight or 10 at the max. So it fills up uh, uh, pretty, pretty darn quick. And, uh, you know, if you can't afford it right now, I'll gladly just take a deposit and you can uh, pay the rest of it before the class. So again, give me, give me contact there. Uh, Also, if those of you on my Facebook page noticed that I've been offering my free stain guide. So uh, uh, go ahead and drop me an email and uh, I'll go ahead and email you and uh, that that email on on the stain guide, a special report I did. Uh, it's going to talk about at the very end of the report the three chemicals uh, that you need to remove almost any stain. Just three chemicals. You don't need a whole uh, van full of them. So anyway, you might want to check that out as well. Also, if anybody's looking to be interviewed, know anybody that wants to be interviewed on the show, go ahead and uh, drop me an email there. Uh, I've also signed up for a, a website called Patreon which is where you guys can go in and actually, if you've you've enjoyed this show, you want to donate a couple of bucks to the show, uh, you can go ahead and and do it there as well to help keep me on the air. Uh, Stuff isn't free. Uh, And also, uh, you have a chance to uh, pick up uh, one of the Stone and Tile Show mugs uh, for donating as well. So I'll go ahead and put that link up on my Facebook page, or if you want to send me an email, I can send you uh, the link uh, directly. So until next week, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those stops. Later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESP.com sales.net that's espsales.net